This is Over the Line, broadcasting live from the Lyuna Studios. You're worth so much more on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, baby, already underway. A live look at the coveted Claret Jug, which awaits the next champion golfer of the year. We got it out in the studio. It is indeed the Open. Rowdy, 151st Open um, going, and some people are already done golfing already. What the hell time did they tee off? Like midnight? Yeah, I think the first group was off at about, uh, was it 12? It was either 12.15 or 12.45 a.m. our time. So they're already done. Like there were guys that I uh, placed wages on for the Razor's (laughs) Edge yesterday that they've completed round one. Yeah, if you're wondering uh, how to watch it, uh, Rowdy and I are figuring it out uh, as the show is just starting here. Uh, Our listener up in Shano, the King, said, nothing like watching both over the line and the open on the cock. And I was like, hang on. The what? Oh, Peacock. Uh, you can get it on Peacock, but Rowdy over here, uh, he just used the Google machine instead of watching it on the cock, uh, Peacock. Rowdy, USA Network. Yeah, I mean, all all the majors get televised 24-7 for pretty much all coverage on every channel, whether that be Golf Channel, I guess for the, the, the Open or the British Open, it would be USA or uh, CBS. Yeah, so there you go. You can watch it on USA, CBS, or if you've got Peacock, uh, check it out on the cock. But, yeah, yeah, you have yourselves the open going out. There's Scotty Scheffler uh, putting around a little bit. It looks slightly sunny uh, out there, Rowdy. You said the Thursday was supposed to be windy, and then the rest of the weekend was supposed to be showers. Yeah, I see see sun, uh, but you can see the wind blowing around, and then you got showers the rest of the weekend. Of course, it's going to be uh, raining uh, over there uh, in the UK. That's just uh, uh, it is what it is. Uh, but yes, uh, we have ourselves the open underway, ready to go. Uh, do have some golf flavor today, uh, but wanted to get uh, right away into uh, the NFL. The Packers, God bless them, uh, the only you know public team. So therefore, we get ourselves some financial nuggets. Rowdy is exactly what we were saying uh, we didn't want to happen. Mark Murphy said it a while uh, back ago. Uh, the Packers did go overseas to London. They played the Giants last year. And with that and then missing the playoffs, another thing we didn't want to see happen, uh, the Packers' profits fell 11.7% over the last fiscal year. Uh, they reported $68.6 million of profit from team operations. That was down from $77.7 million last year. Uh, Packers had six uh six hundred and six hundred and ten point three million in total revenues and five hundred and forty one point six million in expenses. But with that game overseas and missing the playoffs, a hit to the pocketbook. Uh you, you, you saw the Packers in London, Rowdy. Do you ever want to see the Packers go overseas ever again? I mean, maybe I would change my attitude if they would have won. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I, I'll say this. It was kind of nice waking up in the morning. Get it right out of the and way. being like Hey, the game's on at 8.30, and it was done by before noon. But, I mean, if you remember correctly, that was also where the Packers came out the first half, took it to the Giants, and yeah. then in the second half didn't do diddly squat and ended up losing. Yeah, didn't do diddly poo. And then that was also, let's not forget, the game in which Aaron Rodgers 
Hurt his thumb. Yeah, hurt his freaking thumb as he tried to do a Hail Mary at the end on the helmet of a New York Giant in a 27-22 loss that took place in London's Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was also the game in which, right after it, Matt LaFleur decided they didn't need a bye. Yeah, LaFleur, uh, later as the season progresses, said he kind of regretted that one. Uh, why would you not want to take a bye after? Now, I know it was earlier in the season, but my God, uh, should have done it. Uh, Packers lost that game, and I think, you, can, can you pinpoint that as then the season, the season start to unravel with the Aaron Rodgers injury? Well, if you remember, the Packers came out and actually were playing pretty decent football, yeah. and it looked like they were going to beat the Giants, and then, yeah, I would say that's when it really started to fall apart until, what would you say, probably the middle of the season where the offensive line got healthier and some of the receivers started coming of age more, and Aaron Rodgers started playing a little bit better. Yeah, I would say, okay, so they went to London, obviously. They lost uh, to the Giants. Uh, if you, I mean, Captain Hindsight, that could be the mo- moment of the season where everything started to unravel, because then they came back home to Lambeau, remember, and they lost to the freaking Jets. Uh, that game that was, was a ba- that was terrible. That was to Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was a terrible game. Uh, then they lost to the Commanders. Brutal. They would then lose to the Bills. They would then lose to the Lions. And then, if you remember, the what we thought maybe the get right game would have been because Aaron Rodgers always owns this team. It was the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys came to Lambeau. Uh, Mike McCarthy's return, right? Packers got that overtime win, thirty-one twenty-eight. And then you're like, okay, maybe we can salvage a little something. Nope. Go on to lose then to the Titans. Then they lost to the Eagles. That was where we saw a little bit of what. Jordan Love, right, Rowdy, against the And if I remember the Eagles, right, the, tit- the Titans game was not a well-played game for the Packers. Very disjointed. Yeah, it was It was 27-17. to 17. It was not good from the Packers. And then when things started to pick up a little bit, it was the slump buster in the Chicago Bears. Uh, that's when the Packers finally got back on the win column. They would then beat the Rams, who were a shell of themselves. Remember they beat Dolphins on Christmas. It was like a Christmas miracle. That game was pretty cool. They beat the Vikings, and then what did they have to do at the last game of the season, Rowdy? All you had to do was win, and what would happen? Yeah, win and you were in and beat your uh, rival in the Detroit Lions. But, no, the Packers laid in a terrible stinker. But, yeah, looking back on it, I never liked the idea of the Packers uh, absconding away across the pond. I know someone who hated it. That would be one Aaron Rodgers. Uh, never was a fan of it. Mark Murphy always was pissed off about it. Uh, but with that, the Packers did lose and missed the playoffs. Lost uh, some money and profit here. Uh, let's see here. Paul Bunnell, the Packers' vice president of finance and administration, said, quote, that extra game would have put us right around the last year's level, if not a little bit higher. It really was the difference. When you look at the operating profit and the fact that it's down uh, $9.1 million year over year, I guess that would have done it. So maybe going to London really wouldn't have affected them too much if they would have had that extra playoff game. It would have been around the same as operating profit from last year. Packers didn't have a home playoff game for the first time since 2018, uh, though that wasn't much of a factor um, with the regular season game, I guess, that was moved overseas. But, yeah, crazy that uh, this is how much NFL, if it wasn't for the Packers, Rowdy, being publicly owned, we never would have gotten these financials uh, uh, because you can kind of correlate it to the other teams in the NFL. They make... A lot of money. Yeah, that's also, uh, it's interesting because obviously the Packers have to put it out there as public knowledge, being a publicly owned team. Mm -hmm. 
But it's funny that a lot of different uh, people pick it up, as in reporters from different teams or people that cover the NFL, because everybody's interested. Because, like you said, they're the only team that has to do this. Yeah, God bless you, Green Bay Packers. So that means the NFL has distributed $11.98 billion to its 32 teams for the 2022-2023 season. 11 point nine eight with a B billion dollars distribution. This is from Darren Ravel to distribution of 52% factoring for inflation over the last decade. Uh, it'd be in 2013. It was 188 million per team. Uh, now the, <laughs> the Packers received 30, uh, 374.4 million in national revenue. At least there's the one thing that we hear from, or we don't hear from NFL owners. They're not poor. no, no. Yeah. Have you ever heard an NFL owner cry broke? No. We've heard baseball owners cry broke. In fact, it's someone that uh, is in this state. Margaret Anazio. Now, the NFL is a hard cap. Now, I've never heard any of the NBA owners cry broke. No, I never have either. I've heard NBA owners crying that they were forced to sell, i.e. a Donald Sterling. Uh, <laughs> they have a soft cap. Mm-hmm. They have to pay... Penalties now, over it. I, I don't follow these next two sports, but soccer, especially overseas, I don't hear any of them crying broke. I just hear them signing more guys for more money. Yeah. Well, the ones you hear cry broke are like, I guess, I mean, they're not like the the Manchester United's or the Arsenal's or the Liverpool's, et cetera, et cetera. Well, hell, uh, the team what that Wrexham United, that Ryan Reynolds and... Um, What's Max Robert name? McElveen. Yeah, uh, that they both bought. Well, they had to pump some cash in it, and all of a sudden, they're, look what happens when you pump cash into something, you reinvest into something, you start getting money. So, yeah, I've never really heard anyone. That's a good point, Rowdy. I've never heard anyone cry broke besides literally Mark Anasio. Well, well, the other one that, that I was going to bring up, and again, I don't follow this sport super closely, but I've never heard anything about hockey owners. The, <sighs> the worst thing I've heard about a hockey owner where he started losing money and, and was pissed off was when he bought into the AAF <laughs> yeah. and then it folded. What was the Carolina Hurricanes, I think, owner? Yeah, if, if you're hurting for money, why are you buying an AAF uh, franchise? I, I do believe it was the Carolina Hurricanes owner uh, that bought into AAF. The only other time that I've ever heard much about like a NHL owner was when they did a 30 for 30 on the LA Kings and it was the Kings ransom where a guy basically like faked his way into like trying to buy <laughs> the LA King, but that like that. Yeah. So I haven't heard anything about NHL again. Don't follow soccer and NHL closely, but I've never heard that. I've only ever heard that from smaller market major league baseball teams. Now with, um, with soccer teams, Rowdy, a lot of people that own soccer teams are the same people that try, are trying to or have gotten into golf. That would be Saudis who have what is called oil money. I've never once heard someone that owns an oil field ever once cry broke. I've never once heard it. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's really crying broke for those uh, soccer teams across the pond. I do find it interesting, though, that if major – wouldn't you think that if Major League Baseball – was really in such tough shape financially for all these smaller markets. We'll just say just for fun, if there's 30 teams, we'll say 10 of them are, are small market where they're struggling. Uh-huh. Once you think that if offered the deal, they would potentially sell out 
and take their like money and and sell out to like major league baseball cuz you know like major league baseball has has run some of these big league teams when uh, maybe some scandal goes on or a, a owner's ready to sell and trying to get rid of it they'll take on those duties yeah wouldn't you think that if they were willing to condense the league and shrink the league that some of these owners that have made a little bit on these teams would be willing to part ways with them. But instead, Robert Manfred says, once we figure out Tampa and Oakland, we're actually going to expand into more cities. I feel like if times are, are aren't good, you're not expanding. Correct. Yeah, if times are bad, you would be, yes, you wouldn't be expanding at all. Like imagine if you owned a small business yourself, like I'm sure many people that are listening do. If if times are tough, you're not expanding. You're just trying to figure out how to get by or maybe even downsize because you're trying to get by. I don't think you'd be adding two extra franchises. They're like they're talking about how, yeah, well, you know, we just gotta climb some hurdles. We'll we'll figure out the the A's and the Rays. Don't worry about that. I'll get that figured out. And then we're gonna expand to two more cities. We're getting bigger and we're adding teams. Yeah. That seems like normal business to me. You don't do that if you're hard up. Well, remember these crying broke. Remember when uh, when COVID was going down, there was, um, uh, damn, I forget the guy, the reporter's name. Uh, He was on the Bill Michael show talking about it. Seth Everett. Yeah, Seth Everett. Thank you, Ruddy. He's worked in front offices for Major League teams, and now I do believe officially works in the Major League Baseball front office. Seth Everett said, and this is 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 true, this is their, uh, their financials for Major League Baseball. That if there are no fans in the stands, each team could operate for three years without losing money. I mean, you, that's how much they have stashed away. Three years without fans in the stands. And that's that's for every player getting paid. Yes. And that's for, you know, everything. Yes. Imagine having over three years worth of cash when we're talking about the Mets are spending Four hundred million, or whatever it was in one off season, whatever it ended up coming out to. But you're looking at like team salary, team I should say payrolls, not salary caps. Team payrolls over two hundred million, over three hundred million. Some creeping up, I believe, around four hundred million. <laughs> but yet they have for the entire league over three years worth of money. That's yeah. But we're broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we gotta cry broke. Right, yeah, so, I'm broke, but I got six figures in the bank. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, a lot of figures, the Powerball ticket has been drawn, and it, uh, the winner was out there. Of course, it was a person in California uh, that had won it. So if uh, you're hoping to wake up this morning, itch Powerball, there was only one winner, and that was, I guess, someone in California. So that person can no longer cry broke uh, out there in Cali. There was one winner in Wisconsin that got a million dollars. It was not I. I got the first two numbers right. As the closest I've ever been to uh, getting a drawing correct. I got the 7 right and then the 10 right, and then it all fell apart after I that. I told you I bought one Powerball ticket in my life, and it was when I was in college when they had the biggest one. And Did you go some, buy one yesterday? S- no. Some 21-year-old kid from California that was roughly my age at the time won. Oh, but he was, like, he was like an unemployed, uh, not going to school, like skater punk, and he won. Oh, you can't cry broke anymore, can you? No, but I'm sitting here going, I remember when I had the ticket and they read it off. I had like one number. It was like the first one. And I'm like, yeah, and, and too bad never again. Too bad it doesn't get you anything. Yeah. I got the first two numbers. I had the seven. I'm reading it off. I went, oh, my God, seven. Okay. Oh, my God, ten. And then immediately fell apart after that. So, yeah. As expected. It's always someone in California, too, those 
this is coming from uh, an account that it's, it's a big college football account. They compared college football teams as fast food places. I thought we'd get a kick out of this. Oh, cool. And they didn't make it Culver's, I bet. And, uh, no, I'll tell you what Wisconsin is. It's bizarre. Uh, for the best, they compared Georgia to McDonald's as the best. Is McD- I guess yes, it depends on your you definition look at of the best. The billions and billions served. So really, they're looking at more name recognition, not the best. So the right? best, the Golden Arches is, is compared to Georgia, the best. Yeah, okay. Uh, Alabama, they compared to um, um, Chick-fil-A. Not really sure why there. It said, yeah. LO, it said LOL by it. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Because it's southern? Uh, I mean, you could have used Georgia for that. Yeah. This one's funny. Uh, Northwestern is compared to Little Caesars, and it's labeled as trash. Uh, No, that's just not not nice to Little Caesars. That's not trash. Like, well, I mean, you know it is trashy, but you know it's it's like good trash. Those breadsticks are amazing. You know when you get Little Caesars. Crazy bread. It's going to taste good, bad good, and you're going to be in the Hurt Locker for a while after eating. Little Caesars has the best ranch out there it does it does i don't don't know know what kind it is but it's it is the best ranch because it's it's hidden specifically no no, it's It's little it's like their ranch little caesar's ranch i don't know what it is but it's the best ranch yeah i think we all can agree that northwestern is trash yes yeah but i mean little caesar's Caesar's trash you're trash whoever did this that's just that's just ain't right. So far, I'm not understanding this. Like Little Caesars <laughs> is comparison. it's trashy, but it's good. You know, it's like a trailer park hot. But it's no, it's it's yeah, I guess it's five dollars. It's pizza. trailer park hot. It's five dollar pizza. It's yeah. like okay, this person is a trailer trash, but they got this weird allure to them that's kind of hot in like its own way. Kim Basinger, it's like Kim Basinger, like Joe Dirt. <laughs> It's like uh, Brandy. It's like Brandy. Yeah. Joe Dirt. I mean, she was more than trailer park hot, but no, 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 I'm not Brandy. <laughs> the first woman he dated at the at the. I'm your sister. I'm your sister. At uh, Presley. Oh, Jamie Presley. Jamie Presley. Also probably hotter than Trailer Park Hot. But in the movie, she portrays, you know, the trailer trash. Yeah. But is smoking hot. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's Little Caesars. Like, you know it, it's hot and ready. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. But it's also trashy. Sure. And you don't have to pay much for it. It's a cheap date. All right. So <laughs> uh, then they have... Uh, Overrated that goes to the Texas Longhorns as Whataburger. I've never been to Whataburger. Never had it either. Uh, I know Luis swears by it though. He loves Whataburger. No, he also likes the Cowboys. So we know about overrated things. That's true. Um, Tennessee is five guys, meaning it's expensive. The bag money shouldn't that be a McDonald's? Right. Iowa is put as Taco Bell does more with less. Now, if you think about it, that's kind of uh, okay. Taco Bell, they have the same ingredients literally for every single item. They yeah. just fold it differently in a tortilla. Just fold it differently. So they do a lot with less. Like yeah. you have four ingredients, they do a lot with it. And I don't know, Iowa runs. Gets, sure. Sure. Uh, also do more with less is uh, Texas A&M is Louisiana Kitchen Popeyes. I've never had Popeyes. Uh, A&M, Popeyes. Texas A&M. No. Um, I've had Popeyes. Yeah, I, pretty, like Popeyes. I like Popeyes. Um, I don't yeah, eat fast food anymore. But I don't understand good. these comparisons. Raisin sure. Cane's is compared to um, Arkansas. Mid. They're Never mid. had it. Raisin Cane's. Raisin Cane's is, is not that good. No, the they're chicken tenders, which is all they do, are dry. Yeah, it's not that good. And here's Wisconsin they put on here. I have no idea why they would do this. It makes no sense to me. 
But Wisconsin, they do have as underrated in college football. Oh. But the fast food chain they compare it to, Penn Station? The sub place on the East Coast? Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's the I've dumbest never... thing you could ever do. A, a, a fast food chain that's not a, even in the Midwest. A regional fast food chain. And you compare it to... Like, I don't understand. There's so many other, like, national brands out there. You shouldn't even be bringing regional chains Put Culver's this. on them, man. Yeah. Substance, quality, See, I think always they, good. I think they really screwed it up. Penn Station? Tell I, me more, I right? feel like for Georgia, instead of McDonald's, I feel like Alabama yes. would be McDonald's. Yeah. Like That's the standard. Alabama's been the standard since Bear Bryant was there. And then obviously well, they, they had a few down years, but Nick Saban has brought them back. And historically, if you don't think about the last couple of years, They've been so much better than Georgia. I feel like Georgia should be the in-and-out burger. And you know why they're in-and-out? Because they get the guys in, and they produce them, and they're going out, and they're going to the NFL. <laughs> they're in they're they're out. They are the in-and-out burger. Um, who would be true? Okay, Iowa and uh, Taco Bell. D- does more with less. I I get it. I understand it. I think I understand it. Sure, but... Like it, the whole thing doesn't make sense because like Wisconsin one really throws it off. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I could see Penn what is Station. uh the hell's Penn Station? What is it? Is it uh, Wendy's? There's no Wendy's on there. Where it says uh, this is a Wendy's. What sir? is what is isn't it Wendy's? Where it says we got the beef. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Wendy's slogan. I think they have a new slogan now. You know when it's real. I don't even think that's their. Slogan oh, that was in anymore. 2010. Yeah. Whose was uh, when we got the, the beef? Where's the beef is Wendy's, the old lady. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Because they have the squares, so they have more beef. Maybe that on should their be patties. Wisconsin. And then some big old offensive linemen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. I just. Uh, the See, f- you are thinking more logically than who put that list together. This person's an idiot. You put Wisconsin. Well, they are a journalist. Well, no, no, I don't know. That's not really a, a journalist. This is a, it's a blog. Tweet. Yeah, it's like a everything college football blog kind of thing. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Penn Station? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, line one. Good morning. Who's this? Boys, I am here for this conversation. Hell yeah. Pick up on Johnny. What's up, brother? I just I just need to know, Evo, where is Dairy Queen? Who's who's gonna be the Dairy Queen of college football? Well, Dairy oh. Queen, in my opinion, is the second rate A and W. Correct. Rowdy's right. Because it, it kind of tastes similar, but it's not as good and it doesn't have the good root beer to like flaunt. Hey, they use fake vanilla. You could use yeah, you could use maybe the ice cream, <laughs> but that's afterwards if you're like the rich kid that gets dessert afterwards. I don't know. I I've, but it's definitely are. behind A and W. What about so, what about Arby's? We have the meat. Meats. Meats. Yep. So about two or three years ago, I was, you know, very inebriated. And my buddies and I were sitting at a bar. This is when it was like peak chicken sandwich uh, oh, yeah. war oh, yeah. time, right? Everybody was coming up. So what we did is we ranked the top 10 chicken sandwiches compared to uh, Big Ten football teams. And I oh. thought we did a much better job. Of actually, like making sense of it behind it. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, who's obviously the number one chicken sandwich in fast food? I mean, well, it's, it's I subjective. Feel like you want us to go Chick Fil A, but it's definitely not. Chick Fil A is very mid. Good. Good. Chick Fil A is. So who would you to throw out? Who would be your number one? I really Man. like Popeyes. I don't know, it's dude. Popeyes. Yeah. 
But Popeyes is all, all the chicken sandwiches are pretty mid around here. They're all pretty. Well, uh, Popeyes mid. is good. So, so for example, we did Ohio State Popeyes, right? And you said mid. Uh, McDonald's is kind of interesting because McDonald's has two teams. One of which Ooh, yeah. is kind of a classic, the, has been around forever. The, the other McChicken. one, the, exactly. Or the, so the other yeah, one the might other one? be a Big Brother. Yeah. It was the, uh, the the. The Mick Classic, or whatever they were calling it for a while, they changed it every couple of years. Wasn't it and the now, Chicken Deluxe at one point in time? Didn't I'm pretty sure McDonald's yeah. put out a spicy one too. So that, we did. So we did. Uh, we did Michigan, and we did include the spicy McChicken because there was that one season that like Western Michigan or East Michigan beat actual Michigan. So <laughs> we we just did McDonald's as just the state of Michigan. Uh, when we got to Wendy's, it was kind of interesting because, in my opinion, Wendy's food actually is not that great, but no. their ads are awesome. Their branding is <laughs> Wendy's fries are terrible. They're, the two, they're they're so some of the which, worst. Which football program hasn't been good in decades, but their branding is actually good? And you would expect, based on how people talk about them nationally, to be a semi okay football team. But you look at their record by year, and they're actual, actual trash. Who would you throw out in the Big Ten? Minnesota. Nebraska. Keep uh, in mind, this is two, two. Yes, Nebraska. Yeah. Oh. There you go. So we put uh, Wendy's as Nebraska. The colors matched well. So then that makes sense. we get to we get to Wisconsin, and we're thinking about um, we're thinking about a, a fast food restaurant who's known for you know a base item. It's really pretty different than all other fast food chains. And when they you know, added the chicken sandwich at this chain, it kind of brought the entire brand back. And this is when Graham Mertz came. Oh. We were all thinking. that We were making this as Graham Mertz was starting. I think this was around the Illinois game. Oh, God. And so we were thinking, like, wow, we added a quarterback, so our entire brand is back. And this narrative actually fell perfectly because that sandwich flopped. And they actually got rid of that sandwich right around the time Graham Mertz announced the transfer. Which fast food chain am I thinking of? I have, I have KFC. You nailed it. Hey, I'm going to say, I know they brought the, they were late to the chicken sandwich game, but when you said it was based, I mean, it's got to be a chicken restaurant then. So so they've been known for chicken for years. Yeah. Right? They entered this conversation. Oh, now they had this nice, fancy chicken sandwich. And, uh, you know, boom! All of a sudden, they're back. they're back on the thing. They're awesome. And, and like Graham Mertz, it sucked. It, they well, need to bring back sandwich, the twisters. I will stand up for KFC. The chicken sandwich was pretty much on par with Popeyes. It was a different flavor. Yeah. Last one I'll do. Um, <laughs> it was. This, this is, such is a funny back topic. then. So it, it it I we got really into this. We tried to like bring us home, baby, my Johnny. Bring us home with it, baby. So this is a this is a uh, a program who's been known for a different sport throughout forever, right? I mean, this is the state of this other sport. Um, it's in the the name. When you think of the name of this state, you think of this sport, Iowa. and then out of nowhere, they start to get a great football team to the point where you know they're ranked for the first time in years. They're not allowing Wisconsin to score eighty points on them. And all of a sudden, they're competing with the big boys for a little while. Again, this one also, the fast food restaurant chicken sandwich faded away. And the program has now faded away in the last two, three Who's years. Who's that? Indiana. Anyway, 
Nailed it. Wow, RJ. So, he threw in the 80 points out there. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been dropping, I've been dropping hands, but, uh, so Indiana was Burger King. <laughs> the chicken. chicken fries. Burger King came out with the chicken for about two years, and it was actually a really good chicken sandwich, but it wasn't profitable, so they got rid of the item. Yeah, don't think I ever Indiana heard football was relevant for this, about two years. This was a topic Taylor made. This was a topic yeah. Taylor made for like you. I said, there's people who Let's, look at it. And actually think about it, and then there's whoever made that list of restaurants you read off. Johnny, I'm not a big Burger King guy, but I will agree with you to the point where it's like Burger King comes out with something every once in a while where it's like that might interest you or that that gets you to be like, hmm, I, I might actually like, uh, go and try that. And then it's breakfast? maybe it is decent. Fried mac and Cheeto bites. <laughs> I did put, but I did it never put. stays around. I did put Iowa as uh, Dairy Queen. I'm looking at my list now yeah, because I'm looking at my <laughs> list now. Hey, if you got that list, you save it. Would you put that in your scrapbook? Yeah, it's in, it's in my notes app. In I actually think about you, man. We love you, buddy. J uh, A Krebs sure. says I yeah, think Wisconsin is A and W. I could agree with that because A and W. You have like your classic, right? Mm-hmm. And like the root beer in a mug. It's pretty good. It's classic. The The food is pretty good, but it's not the best. It's not Culver's. Consistently good. Yeah, it's consistently good if you're like, man, I could just really go for some fast food. It's not In-N-Out. I know people love In-N-Out or whatever the one on the East Coast is. It's not the best. And I think that also makes sense if we do make Wisconsin the A&W because they're not quite top tier. But also, Dairy Queen's below A&W. And Vagabond Johnny just said that Iowa was his Dairy Queen. Yeah, Iowa is slated, in my opinion, below Wisconsin because they're the eight and four, nine and three team. Yeah, for the longest I time, it. I get it. For the, uh, the out of a uh, whatever topic, the Vagabond Johnny breaking it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how where that all came from. Um, it's supposed to be a one-off, just a fun giggly topic. Instead, we're just now breaking it down. What Big Ten teams are like fast food chains? We welcome in. This this guy ain't no fast food. He's like fine dining. Our guy Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Zach, hey, good morning, brother. Good. What's going on? Nothing. You slice a prime rib. You. What's happening? Mm. I don't know. Uh, not much. Not a lot going on. I. We were talking about this a little bit off air. I. I feel like it. You know, it's got to be a fast food restaurant. If you're talking about Wisconsin, it's got to be a fast food restaurant that has reinvented itself. And we don't know how that reinvention is going to go. So it's kind of like up in the air. But I. I couldn't honestly, off the top of my head, think of a place that's reinvented itself. You know what? It's like, okay, uh, uh, maybe a chain that should reinvent itself uh, itself would be like Hardee's. Uh, when I think mm, of Hardee's yeah. used to be the 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 shiznet uh, back in mm-hmm. what, the the '90s, early 2000s, and then for me, it just fell off and fell off hard. Uh, and they have these uh, shirts that I remember from the early 2000s. Uh, they're thick burgers, like they have the. It just said thick on them, and when I think thick. I think of Wisconsin linemen, you know, and, and, and running backs, and big thick boys are getting it done. So maybe Hardee's uh, could reinvent itself like Wisconsin has done. Zach, I feel like if we're going to talk Hardee's and we're going to list Big Ten teams, Hardee's is like Maryland and <laughs> Rutgers is Carl Jr. Like the same. They came okay. in at the same time, East Coast, same thing, both well, they're trash. The, they're the same entity. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So. Uh, <laughs> It's tough. It's a tough one. There's so many to choose from. Hey, Zach. Uh, well, okay. What about this? Uh, on the list that started this all, they compared Iowa to Taco Bell saying, do more with less. And I said, I understand it because, you know, Taco Bell, it's literally meat, cheese, lettuce, and then 
the sour cream or whatever, and then you just wrap it differently in a tortilla. And then there you go. It's the same four ingredients for literally everything. It's just wrapped differently. Does that make sense? Do more with less? Iowa and Taco Bell? I think it does. I think it would also like work for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin's changed to me. They're not. Oh, and Wisconsin runs the ball more. They get the runs after you eat Taco Bell. Oh, but I'm just like, I mean, it it feels like uh, Taco Bell has a little bit too much sauce to it. Like there's a little bit too much, um, uh, feeling to it than, than it would be for Iowa. Right. Like there's a little, there's a little bit more, there's too much tang. There's too much sauciness to it. Yeah, too much sauce. A man can get lost in the sauce, Zach, but a man always needs the mm. sauce, too. Hey, Zach, mm. uh, let me ask you, brother, what, is it a week from now? Uh, Wisconsin is going to be on the podium for Big Ten Media Days at Lucas Oil? Is that, a, is that next Thursday? That it Wisconsin is next is? Thursday. Woo-hoo! Yeah, they're going to uh, Big Ten Big Ten Media Days Wednesday and Thursday. Rowdy, I'm sure you're going to be ready to go. Got your bag packed to go down there with me on Tuesday. Uh, He's ready to get free four. parking downtown. Oh, that would be in Indianapolis. I'm time. strictly just driver. I'm just the yeah, driver. He's the transporter, like Jason Statham. Yeah, just just the driver. Um, so yeah, they're going to be down there on Thursday. Braylon Allen and Tanner Mordecai and Majong Meta, along with Luke Fickle, going to be taking on uh, all the media down there. It's always a good time. Always a good time. But yeah, they're they're one of the last ones, or Fickle's one of the last ones to be on the podium on uh, on Thursday. Yeah, um, excited for you, Zach, to get down there. And if you want anyone to try and get you audio. I think Rowdy has figured it out by now, um, so we'll send him down there to get audio. If you really you want actually, Indiana's coach, he can get that, no problem. Do you actually think he's figured it out? Because I I have no evidence to uh, to say that he does. Well, I don't, let me ask him. Rowdy, have you figured it out? I've figured pretty much everything out that <laughs> needs to be figured out. You know how to you know how to plug the cord in and press record. Believe it or not, unlike our guy Charlie that can't figure out how to plug it in, I can. Zach, was that Indiana head coaching audio not perfect? Well, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure that's why Tom Allen's still the coach. <laughs> uh, it was the, the um, amazing things that he said in 2018, or was it 2017? And you know why? Uh, because they pull out those tapes and they say, we finally, we get where coach is coming from. This sound is has such clarity to it. It's crisp. so clear. Crisp. We understand and we believe. Crisp. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's him getting his points across is just you can't do it any better than that. And I, if there would have been like some background noise to it, or there might have been like a, a hum underneath it, probably not. Mm. But without that, mm. boom. And I feel like I should probably get a small cut of all the money that Jack Sitchy made, uh, TJ Edwards' new signing that he just had, yeah. Troy Fumagalli's cup of coffee, all of them perfect, crisp, clear audio. Now, something just dawned on me, Zach. Not, Rowdy not only got free parking down there during that, but remember we had to, you had to uh, get a form and send it to me to essentially rent Wi-Fi? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I never, I never, I never, I never paid the bill or, or sent the form. So we got free Wi-Fi, too. That was like $130 for Wi-Fi. I never paid it. And no one ever said crazy. And no one ever said boo to me about it. So not only did Rowdy get yep. free parking in Chicago, I got you free Wi-Fi downtown Chicago. We're, we absolutely rolled the Big Ten. And, and by the Big Ten, I mean the Marriott that we were at. Yeah, screw your Marriott. Marriott. It was like 100 and, yep. is it 130 or $160 for, to use Wi-Fi for the day. I remember I, I filled out was, the form. Wasn't there a power? Wasn't there one? Yeah, it was like essentially the plug in. Them. Yeah. And I filled out the form. Line was like five hundred bucks. Yeah, it was insane. I remember filling out the form and being like, "Well, Zach's already like plugged in and on. The Wi-Fi is obviously yeah. working. Like, I'm not going to send this form back. I got free Wi-Fi." Well, they do. They do the same thing at the Super Bowl. 
and uh, we almost got <laughs> almost got cut off. Uh, they're like, we can see, we can see that they are <laughs> broadcasting right there. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's what we What's do. Your point, because, yeah, you know, if if you know, we don't get that money, we're gonna cut him off right now. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, did they? No. <laughs> they did not, but they also they also got their money. So uh, the NFL, the NFL gets the NFL sends uh, a, a, a you know Rocco and and their stooges out to get you. The uh, Big Ten apparently does not. So if we start comparing Big Ten teams to hotels, uh, <laughs> who would be a team where you basically come in there and might be a little frustrating at first, but then you call in the big guns and they just roll them. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Ohio State. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Old, but, big guns? Yeah. Right, yes, I got you. All right, Zach, uh, anyways, um, back to, well, I mean, that is pretty serious, fleecing the Big Ten for, and Chicago for parking and Wi-Fi. But, Zach, uh, when it comes to this, when, when is um, training camp for Wisconsin County? Is it the 1st, August 1st? Uh, so it's, it's uh, there is nothing official yet, but uh, they have already – like plateauing up, they're going to be down there from the first until the eighth. Okay. Um, so yes, uh, it's what two weeks away. Yeah, less than two weeks away. Are we going to be getting oh. any more Luke Fickle bat signals here out on Twitter? Or are we kind of done with this twenty twenty four class coming up? If you know, well, they got yeah, they get twenty commits. They've got a few more guys that they are after. I don't know if they're actually going to get them at this point. I I think it's probably unlikely. Some of the guys they're going to be announcing here in a couple of days uh, will end up choosing Wisconsin, but. I think they're going to be after several guys that they went, you know, were, were recruiting here this year. They're going to try and flip them during the fall. Um, so I, I don't think we're necessarily having seen the last of the 2024 uh, Luke Fickle uh, bat signal. But yeah, this class is is pretty well put together. Um, but they're after a couple more. We'll see. What is where does this rank in all time for classes for Wisconsin? Uh, as of yesterday, it was second. Uh, the only one that was better that was, than this one was 2021, which uh, finished 16th, which is the highest ever. Huh. Um, that one had, uh, I think, eight or nine four-star players at the end of it, uh, composite four-star players. Right now they have seven. So it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a good class, especially for having, you know, for Luke Fickle and his staff not necessarily being able to, you know, recruit these guys consistently for several years because that's kind of what you're doing. You're you're recruiting guys a number of years, but this one they've only been here for less than what uh, nine months, and uh, to put this class together is pretty impressive. The, the most impressive aspect of it, especially since they didn't get any of the uh, in-state guys, you know, the top in-state guys that they that they wanted, and, and several they didn't want, but they went out to the East Coast and just and cleaned up. Uh, Colin Hitcher, the safeties coach, is responsible for seven Man. of the twenty commits, including three four-star guys. So um, they did a they did a really good job on the on the East Coast and you know specifically in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was going to say it was Pennsylvania heavy this year, where they got a ton of not only a ton of recruits but a ton of highly touted recruits. Zach, do you think? It's- yeah. Four- or from Pennsylvania. Do you think it's crazy that like it's hard to lock up some of these in-state guys, but you can go to Hawaii and go lock up one of their big dogs, like and convince him? Yeah, how about you come to Hawaii to Wisconsin? Yeah, I think uh, that had a lot to do with Nick Herbig. Yeah. He and and honestly, Nick Herbig came to Wisconsin because of T.J. Watt, not simply because of T.J. Watt, but because of uh, what he thought he could do in Wisconsin's defense. And uh, the young man that's coming from Hawaii, Lafelle, felt the same way about. You know, he grew up idolizing Nick Herbert. 
And so, yeah, I think that kind of helps get those kids. But they've been recruiting in Hawaii for 20-plus years. They just had done it a lot better of late. Tretch Kekahuna is kind of a under-the-radar, I think, uh, potential real big-time impact player in this 2023 class. He's already on campus, a little slot receiver. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good. But, yeah, it's, it, it is kind of crazy with the in-state. It's just a little bit different right now. I mean, you could say that they didn't want the top two guys. They didn't want Donovan Harbor or Corey Smith. They didn't offer him. They ended up at Penn State. They offered Garrett Sexton from Arrowhead very late, and he ended up at Penn State. The one that I think probably is like the two that you know stand out, Nathan Roy going to Minnesota, which, I mean, I certainly question his decision-making ability when wanted to go play for TJ, but um, that's, that's, uh, that's not – that's more of a shot at PJ than, a, than it is at Nathan Roy. But, um, and then Rob Booker, the kid from Wanakee, had committed and was committed for a long time and ends up decommitting and going to uh, UCLA. And I think he's a guy that wanted to play, wanted to be the tight end in the class. And Wisconsin has a really good tight end in this 2024 class in Grand Spec. So they all, I mean, there's, you could call them excuses, but they're also reasons uh, why this 2024 class, at least in state, most of those guys didn't end up at Wisconsin. Um, there's another really, really good class in 2025, uh, number of guys they're after, and we'll see further on if Luke Pickle and, and company are going to be able to lock it down. Zach, uh, before I let you go and get stuff there in the class, like, I don't how excited are you for the Luke Fickle era? Can you wait for the first game? Blah, blah, blah. I'm so, like, sick of all that conversation because it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same crap every time. Yes, we're excited. Yes, we can't wait. But uh, we still have some time to kill. But uh, if you want some time, I don't know, not to kill, but to be highly entertained, uh, the camp, which, by the way, you can see your beautiful, handsome mug now on YouTube. Oh, hey, by the way, Zach. You are looking extra sexy lately. Just, just letting you know that. But Zach, yesterday was the start of a new four-part series that you and Jesse Temple are doing. Uh, tell the fine folks out there what you guys are uh, tackling on the camp. Yeah, unfortunately, Jesse's not a part of that. Um, oh, which, sorry, which really t- hurts. Yeah, just yeah, retweeting no, no, and stuff. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, right. Yeah, he's a he's a good teammate. He's a he's a good co-host. Rowdy's and, laughing uh, over there. Uh, Jesse retweeted for you. Good stuff. I mean, he. I mean, that's because he, he's actually. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good teammate. Um, he supports, he, he supports, uh, he supports you, you know, and I, and I support him, you know, and, uh, I support you, Evo, obviously. No, I love you too. I support, I support Nally's support grants. That's that's just what we do. We're we're good teammates. It doesn't always happen back the other way, but it it rarely happens Um, back the other way. It's not reciprocal. Yeah. Right. So, um, yes. Uh, the four-part series we started. It's been 30 years since Wisconsin's first Rose Bowl run. Uh, I'm sure Nelson remembers it very, very well uh, before he was even a twinkle in his mom's eye. And it is, uh, so I thought it'd be great to look back and get some stories from that. So we are, and we're doing it from four different perspectives, media perspective, uh, perspective of somebody uh, within the football administration, a player, and then a coach. And yesterday we started with Jay Wilson, the former uh, Channel 3 and Channel 27 sports director, and he was great. We've got Steve Malchow, who was the sports information director for that team. Chris Hine, who was the linebacker, uh, uh, starting linebacker on that team. And then uh, caught up with Barry Alvarez, which uh, was a really, really fun one to do. And uh, so he'll be a part of it uh, coming up here. We're releasing him over the next week. Um, All of them are really good. I think everyone will probably enjoy Barry the most, but there's a lot of really good stories in all, all four of them. So check it out if you haven't. Love it, Zach. And if people want to check it out, how can they do so? 
But you can, look, you can find it on YouTube. You can also find it on uh, any of your podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And there's so many great podcasts from the zone that are coming out as well. We have the camp, but also, uh, the, what is it? What is it called? That's the podcast you do, Nelson? Winner's Take. See you good Winner's today. Take. That's it. That's it. That's it. My bad. Winner's Take. Check that one out as well. Good stuff as always, Zach. We love you so much. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you, buddy. There is Zach Halpern, a sports director. <laughs> Good teammates around here. At, at least Zach's teammate, Jesse Temple, got his uh, title correct. What's that? said at least Jesse Temple got Zach's title correct. For the camp? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it again? <laughs> yeah, what is it? Oh, yeah, winner's take. There you go, Zach. Unbelievable. Right. I just wanted known that the uh, audio at Big Ten Media Days, outside of the Paul Christ one, there was nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I think Zach's words were, I don't give a crap about any of, the, of these other coaches. I only wanted Paul Christ. <laughs> well, Zach, you got everyone else in and crystal got clear. the players were fine. Yeah, it's all good. And he he was just parking. upset that day because some of his interviews went south. Pipe dream or not, a man can dream. Shohei Otani. Brewers Twitter really is going through it lately, trying to convince themselves to get Shohei Otani to come to Milwaukee. Now, Rowdy, on this, uh, two articles, both are kind of made me chuckle. Shohei Otani trade destinations ranking 29 possible landing spots based on who's best positioned for the deal. <laughs> Not Here you go. No point in even trying. 29 to 24, Athletics, Royals, Nationals, White Sox, Rockies, Pirates. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. More likely to sell than buy, 23 to 19, Tigers, Cubs, Red Sox, Cardinals, Mets. Contenders without the means to do it for the Shohei Otani sweepstake. The Guardians, the Diamondbacks, and your Milwaukee Brewers. See, I disagree with that because I think the Brewers, if they truly wanted to, they could. Hey, uh, Mark Adonazio said Juan Soto was on the table for the crew. Before and the money wasn't an object. Well, I'm sitting well, here thinking, was it, Marcus? The Brewers have a good enough farm system where they could probably offer, you know, top prospects, probably four to five top ten prospects if they wanted to to rent Shohei Otani. There was no way I could see them signing. Ooh, it'd be a rental. Here's the one blip they have about the Brewers: Otani and Corbin Burns would be some one-two punch come October. You know what would happen? <laughs> they would. They would. Council wouldn't let them pitch for more than like. They'd two mortgage innings. the farm. They'd trade away like four top prospects, and like two or three of them would end up being players. Of course, Shohei Otani would join the rest of the Brewers pitching staff, and he would probably <laughs> enter the IL. Yeah, totally. Something would happen where it'd be like some freak injury that always happens to a Milwaukee Brewer uh, player. Uh, here's the contenders. Hey, by the way, he has been a big uh, blister guy here. Oh, Tony, yeah. Oh, my finger. Yeah, he'd but he still like, bats. He'd get like a nasty blister. But he's still bat. That's what Brewers do need a bat. Well, then it would get infected, and then it would hurt his fingernail, and then he couldn't bat either. He'd have to, like, amputate it. Uh, contenders that should at least try for Otani, the Twins, the Blue Jays, the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mariners. Motivated contenders. That would go, uh, let's see here, the Marlins, the Astros, the Giants, the Yankees, and the Padres. And then your top five for Shohei Otani. Number five, the Cincinnati Reds. I have seen that rumored or like where maybe the Reds would be interested because they have the means to do it. 
the Dodgers at number four. They have more money than God. The Rays at number three. The Orioles at number two. And coming in at number one for the top five for Shohei Otani, the Rangers, Rowdy. Rangers got deep pocketbooks. They showed the last couple off seasons that they're willing to go out there and spend money. One of the other pitchers they spent a lot of money on, Jacob deGrom, he's been down for most of the season. People forget that he's still alive. <laughs> but like they've, they have spent a decent amount of money uh, on free agents here lately, so maybe they would open the pocketbooks. I think the Dodgers are pretty uh, likely matched. They have the farm system. They obviously have the pockets. They're looking to win. Um, I know he loved Seattle, and that was one that was linked to him. What was that? Closer to the All-Star game, which yeah. makes sense since it was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I I don't see the Rays doing it. When's the last time you've thought of the Rays going after big-time names? It's always the Rays are letting big-time names yeah, go, go a year early or trading them a year early before too late. They're also a smaller market team that likes to uh, – not spend a ton of money. That yeah. one doesn't seem likely to me. Now, the Orioles are interesting. That's a bigger market. That's a team that could potentially spend money if they want to. They have a good farm system. They, ha- they have a really good farm system. They have a lot of really good young players already. But do you... Uh, my biggest question if I was Baltimore is, do we think we could re-sign him? I don't... I would say, probably say not. Like He's already mentioned how he wants to play on the West Coast because... It's it's more familiar and comfortable for him. Yeah. Well, if you look at the West Coast, that kind of uh, <laughs> that you're only looking at a few teams here that staying with the Angels, which that doesn't sound like would happen happening. if they're going to trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to the A's, he's not going to Oakland. No, Oakland. Oakland's moving themselves. Oakland doesn't even want to be in Oakland. Yeah, they don't even want to be there. They're, Seattle, they're gone. Seattle, one city he liked, and then you look at the other West Coast teams. It's the Dodgers. Could the Padres? Padres have been throwing a lot they, of money on the table. The, yep, throw some money around. San Francisco. Uh, they're still somewhat in the. Uh, they are in the hunt. I mean, they're they've thrust themselves back into that uh, NL West. I won't consider Colorado or Arizona really West Coast, but I guess Arizona could put themselves in that conversation. Hey, if, Kansas, in the race. if Kansas can be Midwest rowdy, then those can be West. Well, Coast, I kind of okay. threw out like Houston and, and Texas and Colorado. Cause that's not really West coast. And then, so there was one on one hand, the show trade destination. That's some CBS sports. Uh, they gave the brewers a contenders without the means to do it at number 16, Atlanta show And then I saw this from bleacher report. This is dark horse teams to land Shohei Otani. Number eight, the Toronto Blue Jays, a dark horse to get him. Number seven, the Atlanta Braves. Number six, the Houston Astros. I'll just say this. If the Braves land him, you know how unfair that would be? Add another pitcher, add another bat, and if they re-sign him because they've signed a lot of those really good younger players to team-friendly deals for a long time, if they sign him, oh, my God, just... Hand the series to the Braves. More dark horse. Number five, the Cincinnati Reds. Again, cropping up on a list. And for the fourth-ranked team, the dark horse to land Shohei Otani, your Milwaukee Brewers. After discussing the team in second place at the NL Central, it seems only right to ponder whether the one in first place is a fit for Otani. That's the Brewers, 
who are quietly one of the warmest clubs in Major League Baseball by a way of an 18-9 stretch since June 16th. And with Willie Adamas and Corbin Burns finally hot, Brandon Woodruff looking for at an August return. Uh, the time is right for the Brew Crew to press their advantage. If they do push for Otani, what would separate them from others is that they need his bat more than his arm. At 4.16 runs per game, Milwaukee is third to last in NL scoring. Otani could bolster that. You know what else I like about Otani, though? Like, say he was coming to Milwaukee. He brings money with him. He's a left-handed power bat, mm. which plays up a little bit at Miller Park. But, I mean... You, you, we said that I also described Jesse Winker that same way. Yeah. <laughs> Winker. It's, it's a left-handed power bat where it should play up. Could you imagine if he was playing in a right-handed hitter park friendly? He sucks with a, a lefty hitter ballpark. He's terrible. Rowdy, here's what, here's what they suggested for the pr- uh, proposed trade. Brewers get Otani, obviously. Angels would get Sal Freelick. Yep. Jefferson Quiro. Yep. Jacob Mizorowski. Yep. That's it. I feel like you'd probably have to give up more, but even just saying, yup, yup. Uh, you're talking about Sal Freelich, who is more major league ready than Joey Weimer, who's currently playing in the big leagues. You'll probably the best bet would have been him being like a September call up unless things get worse. You know, he's going to be in the mix for starting next year. And this guy was balling in spring spring training and balling in the world baseball classic. And is one of those top 25 prospects in baseball that a lot of, a lot of people love. You're also talking about Quiro, the catcher that's supposed to be your catcher of the future. Mm-hmm. He, he's a kid that's 20 years old. He played in the futures game and he's actually hitting quite well at double a at 20 years old. So you're, so you'd be selling your catcher of the future. Now, some people might argue, oh, well, we got Contreras. Yeah, but Contreras could also be used as like a DH yeah. if if you had this kid and in theory comes up or at least they could split time. So you could get uh, Contreras off his feet a little bit more. Now, Mizorowski, that's the kid that wowed everyone at the Futures game. That threw 10 out of the 12 hardest pitchers yeah. or pitches in the Futures game and his average velocity was like 100 miles yeah, an hour. Hit some rocket sauce on him. So th- there's the, pr- pr- the proposed trade. Jackson Cheerio well, they said in there. The next blip is you'll notice Cheerio's name isn't here. That's because it's hard to imagine the Brewers parting with the number five prospect in baseball for any rental, Otani included. Yeah, and Cheerio was struggling at first in double-A, but the last month and a half he's really been coming around, and it's hilarious when you're talking about prospects and struggling. It's like, well, you know, he's only hitting 249 in double-A, and he had 12 home runs. Well, now all of a sudden he's getting hot where that average is really climbing and the numbers are really looking good. It's like it it almost took him a couple, two, three months to get adjusted to double-A baseball from where he was playing in, in low-A and high-A. But again, he turned 19 <laughs> this spring. He what he did in in high A baseball at the age of 18 or younger is like what five of some of the best players in Major League Baseball. It was Willie Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, uh, Bryce Harper, Wander Franco, and like one other guy. It's like well, two of those are Hall of Famers. Uh, Harper will probably be a Hall of Famer. Wander Franco has been a like a beast since coming up, and he's in his early 20s. And I don't remember the fifth one. It's like it's pretty good company. Yeah. So there you go. There's um, there's uh two different sides of the Otani sweepstakes. Brewers fourth for a dark horse, but CBS Sports says they're what doesn't was it, it feel different 16th now? for like I'll give Mark Ananasio credit until last year. You can't really argue. You'd like him to spend some more money here and there, of course. Of course you would. 
but overall, for the most part, they have spent a little bit more. They did go and get the CC Sabathias. Don't forget, after CC Sabathia, they went and got Zach Grinke, another guy that won a, a Cy Young in Kansas City that mm-hmm. was going nowhere on a pitiful team. Like, they have the track record, right? Yeah. But doesn't that seem different? Because CC, the team was terrible for two decades, and they're like, we got to get back yeah. to the playoffs. We finally we have to give some, our fan base something. Yeah, good offensive, young offensive players that are cheap. We can do this. And they did. It worked. People got excited. Then those bronze, weeks, fielders really came of age in 2011, and they acquired Zach Grinke. Don't forget about Sean Markham because he's a guy that gets forgotten a lot, but he was actually pretty solid for a couple years for the Brewers, and he was like the third pitcher behind Grinke, Gallardo. But again, that was like they made the postseason. Now let's make a run, and they tried to make a run. Unfortunately, they met a guy named David Fries. And then in the Cardinals, and then they didn't, they didn't win it. And then it was like, well, we're going to turn around and trade Granky. It feels like now that we're supposed to be living in the golden era of Brewers baseball, that it's not about making the playoffs anymore. Like all they had to do last year in the, the golden age here was not F with the team, not trade hater. <laughs> and they would have made the playoffs. I, I, would, I would put a lot of money on that. This year, I feel like you just keep doing what you're doing. You add a few, maybe maybe a smaller bat and then a couple of relief arms, and you're not going to have to break the bank and trade your top five prospects because these top five yeah, prospects yep. for the Brewers are heavily coveted. It's just the the bottom 20-plus that aren't as coveted. But you, you can't, I can't, I can't see this team winning it. Not against the Braves, not against the Dodgers, not against the, you know, insert some of the so teams in the AL. Don't even try? No, I'm saying make your team good enough to fortify making the playoffs, but don't break the we, bank. Do you want Otani out there, folks?